episode 188, The Hope Paradox. Welcome to How to Glow, where we get real about building the marriage of your dreams. I'm certified coach Kayla Levin, and I help married Jewish women go from surviving and overwhelmed to thriving and connected through practical tips, real life inspiration, and more than a little self-awareness along the way. Hi, ladies. Okay, we've got some really good stuff today. We're going to be talking about hope and where you might be using it to make your life a whole lot worse than it needs to be. It's going to be really interesting. But first of all, we need to talk about what happened to my house last night. I just feel the need to share this with everybody. So my, not related at all. My husband's friend has a bird's nest in his house. And so there's this obscure mitzvah called Shiloh HaKen, which some of you know about, which is to shoo the mother bird away and to take the eggs. So apparently it's a segula for a home. We're still waiting for the keys for our apartment. So we thought like, cute, we'll do this. It's a segula. He'll take the kids, educational experience. So my husband goes, takes the kids. So nice, right? They came home with the eggs. (laughs) The eggs are now like in a warm area. I don't even know if it's warm enough. I'm hoping it's not in my house. And I'm a little convinced that one day when I go make my coffee, which is like right next to where they are, the thing's going to come out and like imprint on me. So basically the point of this is to say, if you live in Israel and you could be my backup, because I'm going to have to move out if that happens, I'll just come live with you for a while. Okay. It's like not okay. Um, It's going to be like a baby pigeon following me around or something. It's just not like, why do we do this? <laughs> why? So that's my life. I hope your life is so much fun. I have been thinking a lot lately and been talking to several of my clients about this, this phase. So like, you know, I think there's this really long stretch phase for some of us, depending on, you know, if your family journey is relatively traditional of like being in the kid years. And it's so easy to slip into believing that this is like a grind. This is a really hard time of life. And I agree that I think it's like physically demanding, but I think whatever we can do to allow this time to be sweet, to be cute, enjoyable, yummy, delicious. It goes so far because we spent so many years here and we just, I just want to encourage all of us to just catch ourselves when we're slipping into that mindset of like, oh, this is just such a hard time. Like, I don't know if that's the story we want to be telling ourselves. Okay. But I want to get into the whole paradox. What is this idea? So there are emotions as a coach, I'm very focused on your mindset and the feelings that that mindset creates, okay? So whatever we're doing, however we're showing up, right? Because the goal of coaching is for us to to do better, to accomplish more, to be more the way that we want to be, right? To be able to be proud of ourselves. We go to bed at night like, wow, that was great, right? And the way we get there is we check in with our emotional state, okay? Because if I'm resentful and furious at all the people in my life, or I'm feeling drained and burnt out and like a martyr, really not sustainably going to be able to show up the way I want to be showing up. Okay. And this is what we always try to do. We always always try to, you know, like I'm such a martyr and I'm going to do all the things, but like really it's going to end up with you losing it on everyone. And then we're like, how come I did that? Like I'm such a bad person. We want to move earlier, 
earlier in this in the series. Okay, so before you lost it with your family, you were feeling resentful and drained. Okay, why were you feeling resentful and drained? I'm not talking about the physical tiredness. I'm not talking about weariness. I'm talking about the emotional state of feeling resentful and drained. Okay, why were you feeling that way? It's because the story you're walking around telling yourself about your life, okay, or the people in your life. No, no one helps me. We've all been there, right? No one helps me. No one takes care of me. I have to do everything myself. I'm always the one who has to be the bigger person. I'm always the one who has to keep my temper. I was like overcome my husband's behaviors or whatever. Like we we go and we we can slip into these stories. And we think the place where we need to be careful is down the line when we yell at everyone. But where we need to be careful is in the beginning when we set the train down the track by telling ourselves that story. And I know that feels like more work. But like I've said to you recently, it's way more work on the other end. Cleaning up the mess from screaming at everyone, dealing with your own shame spiral because you showed up in a way that feels so gross to you. That's a ton of work. And now you yelled at everyone, right? We do the work in the beginning of being more intentional. What is the story I choose to tell about this? This is why we get so inspired by stories of people who overcame crazy, ridiculous, difficult things. And they're out there being the motivational speakers. How is that possible? They should be the ones depressed and curled up in a ball in their bed. And instead, it's us who have like relatively good lives and we're like lying in bed scrolling like, I can't deal. Like, what is going on? Right. And it's because the mental discipline. Now, maybe it's possible your situation is so difficult, you get pushed to a wall and you realize I have no choice but to think better about this. Maybe that happens for some people, but I think. For every one of us, we have the mental discipline of deciding, how am I going to tell the story of my life? So the emotions are so helpful because whatever that story is, is going to dictate our emotions and our emotions are going to determine how we behave. And so there's most emotions are pretty straightforward. I know if I'm feeling resentful, my behavior is not going to be good. So let me go back and tell my check on my story. I know if I'm feeling angry, my behavior is not going to be so good. Let me check on my story. I know if I'm feeling shame, I'm going to be hiding. Let me check on my story. Okay. There's certain emotions that are pretty straightforward. I know if I'm feeling grateful, I love how I behave. Don't need to check on my story. Keep going, right? If I'm feeling loving, if I'm feeling generous, if I'm feeling abundant, these are going to create some pretty great behaviors for me. I'm going to keep those stories. But some emotions are slippery, okay? One of them, and I think I've talked about this before, but we probably could do another episode, is acceptance, right? Because we use the word acceptance to sometimes talk about a wholehearted, like, I, I accept you. But we often use the word acceptance to mean I'm signing up to deal with this, but I fundamentally wish it would never have happened in the first place, <laughs> right? Like, I, I am accepting this, but it's like there's like a disappointment laced into the acceptance. But that's not the one we're talking about today. What we're talking about today is hope. Hope does something very similar. And what's interesting is that unless you're really tuned in with your body, you're not going to be able to tell the difference. It might feel good both ways. I might hope that my husband would change and become more romantic. And that hope, if I'm not being really, really tuned in, feels like a positive emotion. Maybe that hope even keeps me engaged in like offering up opportunities for him to be different. Hoping for it, thinking about it, anticipating it, right? 
it's very different than a hope that comes from loving what is and hoping for more, which I would say would be sort of when we think of the word amuna, which means trust or faith in, in, in Hebrew, that's a very different energy, right? But it could be used in some ways in the same as hope, right? Like believing for something more. So the reason I got into this whole idea, other than sort of, you know, dealing with it with clients was for myself, because I caught myself in this place of like, one day I'll be the kind of person who like is very routine and very structured and my house will like basically always be tidy because I, I really hope that one day I'll be like that. And then I had this thought, what if it's like been 120 years and I'm looking back over my life and I never did. I never became the person who was like that. And my initial response was, oh my gosh, I would have wasted so much energy. Not in the trying to make things work. The actual practical, like looking for solutions and things are often helpful. The emotional energy of maybe one day, maybe one day, maybe one day would have been such a waste. Not so helpful, right? It's the same thing if you think about money. It's like an interesting exercise to look at for yourself. What if it's been 120 years and you find out you were never supposed to have money? Okay, obviously, I'm talking to somebody who's struggling financially, but just imagine a person who's struggling financially and then she finds out after 120 years, it was never part of the story. The narrative was never going to be that you would have money. That wasn't the thing you were supposed to work on changing. The thing you were supposed to work on changing was how you were going to show up in that scenario. Because we don't know the scripts. Like, we don't really know how the story is going to end. And some of these things are outside our control. So what if the story was we were never going to have made it? So based on how you're dealing and thinking and feeling about money in your life, for some people that could have been, okay, and I know that I made my best effort. Fine. I could be proud of myself. I did my hashtag I did my best. And for other people, it would be a feeling of like, oh, like I had with the neatness one, right? Like, I would have wasted so much energy because really, and this kind of does tie back into the acceptance piece, where does that kind of hope come from? It's a resistance to what is now. It's not okay that we have debt right now. It's not okay that, you know, we can't take that kind of vacation right now. It's not okay that our friends are able to do this and we're not. And therefore, my hope is really a resistance of what is now. And it's kind of this like pretty icing that we put on top of a rotten cake. It feels nice, but again, this is why I talked about if you can feel, if you can become really sensitive to your feelings, you'll feel, you can sense the rotten cake underneath. You can sense the piece of you that's hoping in a yucky way, in a way that's not resonant, that's not confident, that's not grounded. So what do we do? Okay, so something, so hopefully at this point, like if this is a situation for you, then something's coming up for you, or you'll notice something come up for you in the course of the next week as this idea is sort of percolating for you, right? like a place where you're just feeling that hopefulness. And I think I gave you the three examples where I see it the most. I would say maybe I would also add our own bodies. Like if a person wishes she could lose weight or she could become, usually it's weight, but you know, let's say become stronger or something like that. So it's a resistance to, to ourselves, right? A resistance to our husbands or our financial situation. Those are the ones that I see the most. But it could be anything, anything where I'm holding on to this hope 
but it's really coming from a place of not being okay with what is. So number one is I want you to just tune into your body. How does your hope feel? Does it feel good? Is there a desperate or a resistant energy to it? Or is it coming from a place of strength? Does it feel like a muna and belief? Think about what you do believe in. What do you believe will happen that's better than what is now? And how does that feel different than the scenario in your life? You can even do the same exercise. You can imagine for yourself having that conversation. You're told, oh, but sweetie pie, you were never going to have money. That wasn't, the, that wasn't the journey you were supposed to take. Would that feel like you had then wasted all the energy? Or would you feel like, oh, I did what I was supposed to do? If your hope is getting louder when your doubt gets louder, I start to have doubt and then I start piling hope on top of it. It could be better, I believe. And it's this kind of pushy energy. Check in with your hope. Or is your hope coming from a place of this is what is, I can accept what is, and I can still hold space to believe in more. I think this could be some really interesting and exciting work for some of you. Let's talk about how this could apply with a husband. Okay. So I like this romantic example. Like, I hope that one day he'll be more romantic. I believe that one day, you know, and I think so unfortunately, I feel like so many people that we play on that, right? Like, if you're a person trying to make money, just find that desperate hope. You're good to go, right? I can tell all of you, I can get all your husbands to treat you exactly like you want. Oh my goodness. That'd be an easier sell. Then maybe I can get you to behave the way you want, <laughs> which is what we're really doing here, if we're honest, right? So if I'm saying to myself, I hope he'll be different, I hope he'll change. Am I shelling with what is now? Have I gotten to a place to be accepting and wholehearted with what is now? And here's why it's really a paradox. I was doing this little like fun thing one day. I was just kind of doodling and I was, I was playing with, you know, the journey that I see my clients go through. And I was like, ooh, wouldn't it be cute if the letters of glow spelled out like the process? So I'm like looking through words that start with G, words that start with L. And I'm like looking through, I totally didn't go. There was no way I could not make it work. <laughs> but what I did find is that glow can spell out. And literally, I sound like a second grader, like, right? Like these acrostics, but Glow can spell out for traits that really create the kind of energy that we're looking for in showing up. What are those traits? Growth-oriented. So how does hope relate to, you know, I'm going to run through them and then I'll go back and explain how hope relates. So growth-oriented. L is loving. O is optimistic. And W is wholehearted. I've been using this and checking in on myself with these ones. Growth-oriented, how does hope relate to that? Well, we have to have hope in ourselves. We have to have belief in ourselves that we could do better, that we can change, that something could work for us that maybe hasn't worked before. How does loving have to do with hope? I don't know. I think it's almost the opposite, right? I think when we think about loving and hope, they're a little bit contra, contraindicated, right? They're a little bit in, in conflict with each other. I want to be loving somebody. And one of the things that we talk about a lot is like what we want is the experience of unconditional love 
And unconditional love can only happen outside your conditions. We need the people in our lives to do something that makes us crazy if we want to experience unconditional love. But we think in the moment that what we need is for them to stop doing the things that make us crazy. It's like this really crazy thing, right? So loving, I don't think has to do with hope. See, hope can go both ways. Optimistic, of course, has to do with hope. What gets us out of bed in the morning? What gets us going? It's, there's a belief that there's something good on the horizon. Maybe not better, but something to look forward to. Wholehearted. Again, I feel like wholehearted and loving go into sort of the same category. Wholehearted. Am I willing to be vulnerable? Am I willing to go all in on my marriage, even though it is the most vulnerable relationship of my entire life? And he might not respond the way that I want him to. And I am showing a part of myself that's extremely, extremely raw and vulnerable. And sometimes it's not the right thing to do. But when it is, am I willing to go all in and be completely wholehearted? Where does hope play into that? It's tricky. It's tricky because if I'm wholehearted and I'm all in because I hope he'll respond this way, I could be setting myself up for some disappointment and hurt. If I'm wholehearted because I believe and I hope that showing up fully in my marriage can only take us to the next level and I don't know what that's going to look like and I don't know what we're going to have to go through to get there and I don't know how we're going to stumble over each other as we change the dance steps. I think that kind of hope can be really powerful. So again, we want to be checking back in. That's my assignment for you for this week. So look for the places where you have hope in your life and see what kind of energy is it really? How is it playing out for you really? And is there a place where you need to step back to reevaluate your story if it's not serving you fully and if it's not having you show up the way that you want to? That's what I got for you this week. I can't wait to hear from you. I love getting your emails, how you're using this material, how it's coming up for you. And I know we'll be talking about it for sure inside the How to Glow community. All right. Have an amazing week, everyone. See you next week. Bye. Hey there, Kayla here. If you've been loving the podcast, I want to invite you into my monthly coaching program, How to Glow. We take all the work here and go much deeper into our expectations of our husbands, our understanding of our husbands, ourselves, by the way, our intimate lives. We even extend it out to anything else you want coaching on, your parenting, your finances, your health. Get ongoing support, live weekly coaching, and access to my best courses for only $49 a month. I would love to coach you inside. Registration is open now. Sign up at kaylalevin.com forward slash coaching. Isn't this the best time to start?